You're listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at harvestoakville.ca. Good morning. If you've got your Bibles there, please go ahead and open them up to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22 is where we'll be camping out for most of our time today. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 22. And as you're turning there, let me ask you, do you ever find yourself in conversations where you're talking about someone else? So there you are and you're talking to someone and you're talking about someone else who isn't there And you begin to wonder, are we gossiping right now? Was our conversation sort of in a good place? And then have we sort of crossed a line and now we're gossiping? I think for most of us, if not all of us here, regardless of age, gender, how long we've been in the church, if we're honest, the answer is yes, that happens all the time because for many of us, we don't know really how to put our finger on what gossip is, what, what gossip isn't. It's sort of a gray area. We know we shouldn't be gossiping. But then we enter into these things called real-life conversations. And in real-life conversations, they tend to gravitate toward talking about other people, don't they? And if you're anything like me, you end up walking away from those conversations saying, should I have said that? Should I have listened to that? Was that gossip? Well, let's begin with this. Does it even matter? Does it matter if we gossip or not? Well, one author put it this way up on the screen. I am more deadly than the screaming shell from the howitzer. I win without killing. I tear down homes, break hearts, and wreck lives. I travel on the the wings of the wind. No innocence is strong enough to intimidate me. No purity pure enough to daunt me. I have no regard for truth. No respect for justice. No mercy for the defenseless. My victims are as numerous as the sands of the sea and often as innocent. I never forget and seldom forgive. My name is Gossip. If we are here this morning... And in any way, we are taking the issue of gossip lightly in our lives, then this is what the Lord has to say to us this morning, including me. Wake up! Wake up and see the truth about gossip, the destruction, the sheer devastation that it brings to our hearts, to our lives, and to our church. What does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about the issue of gossip? Well, let's have a look. Romans chapter 1, Paul said this. He said, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. For they were filled with all manner of... Now look at this list of sins. Unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, envy, murder, strife deceit, maliciousness, they were gossips, slanderers, haters of God. Gossip makes the same sin list as murder and a hater of God. 
innocent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Gossip makes this list. Look what else. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things, like gossip, look, deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Hey, do we do that? Do we gossip and then give approval to those who also gossip and we all sort of join in gossiping together because God's not okay with that. This is a massive deal to God. Gossip is a massive deal to God. So we need to know what it is. We need to be able to define it somehow. So let's have a look at what gossip is not. Gossip is not uh, this. First of all, Gossip is not simply talking about other people. For some of us, that's our definition of gossip. Never talk about anyone ever. Okay, and that's not going to be sustainable, is it? If that were true, then we couldn't even say nice things about people, right? So that's not gossip. Gossip's not that. A gossip isn't this. It's not sharing basic information. So if I told you that my wife was born in British Columbia, I'm not gossiping about my wife. I'm sharing basic information. Gossip's not that. Uh, gossip's not this, seeking godly counsel. There'll be times in our life when we need help, and maybe we're going to a pastor or an elder, and we're like, I need some help here, and maybe, maybe because uh, some things have happened to me, I need to share that, and that involves other people. That's not gossip. That's looking for help. That's godly counsel, and then this, uh, gossip is not biblical warning. Biblical warning, if you see someone walking into danger that involves other people, they, they need to be warned. That's not gossip. So if gossip is not this, then what is? Well, this is gossip. Gossip is this. It's secretive and destructive speech that casts other people in a negative light. Notice this. Flowing from a heart with evil motives. And that's what makes it gossip. It's the heart. The heart has evil motives. Gossip is secretive and destructive speech that casts other people in a negative light flowing from a heart with evil motives. This is gossip. Gossip is secretive speech. It's speech that takes place behind other people's back, in the shadows, behind closed doors. It's destructive speech. It's speech that tears people down and casts people in a negative light and discredits people and puts a stain on people's reputation and casts doubt on people's character. And in doing so, it ruins lives. Don't miss this, though. Gossip is speech. Gossip is speech. It's, it's words. Maybe you're thinking, duh. Of course it is. But if we want to get to the heart of the problem of gossip, then it's critical for us to understand that gossip is words. Because where do our words come from? Where do our words come from? Our words come from our, our hearts. Therefore, the heart of the problem of gossip is the heart. The heart of the problem of gossip is the problem of the human heart. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said this, he said, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. 
The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. And this is key. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what's in our hearts is always going to come out of our mouths. So if gossip is in my heart, then gossip is going to be a coming out of my mouth. If there's, if there's gossip coming out of my mouth, it's a heart problem. I've got evil motives going on in my heart. That's why gossip is coming out of my mouth. So ask yourself this. What do I usually talk about? When I'm having conversations, what am I usually talking about? If I'm speaking to friends, what do we usually talk about? If I'm married, what do I usually talk about with my spouse? Or what do I talk about with my coworkers? Is it usually the failures, the shortcomings, the faults of other people? Here's what we need to see. That in light of what God has to say about gossip, that there simply is no place for gossip in the life of a Christ follower. There's not. And that's not from me. That's right from Romans chapter 1. This is from God. There is no place for gossip in the life of a Christ follower. Not in my life and not in your life. And therefore, therefore, as Christ followers, we must seek to live gossip-free lives. We must. We must. And that leads us right into our first point, which is this. If I want to live a gossip-free life, I must do this. I must recognize gossip when I hear it and when I speak it. I must recognize gossip when I hear it and when I speak it. Have a look at Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22. Verse 22 starts off with this, the words of a whisperer, and we'll stop there. The words of a whisperer. Now, what is a whisperer? Well, that word there, uh, whisperer, uh, means this. It's someone who reveals secrets. It's someone who goes about as a, a talebearer. It's someone with evil motives who comes up to you and says, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. Have you heard about what happened with so-and-so and all that drama that went down here? Have you heard about that? It's a whisperer. And in his brilliant book uh, entitled Resisting Gossip, which has been a huge blessing to me in just trying to understand the issue of gossip in my own life, uh, author, pastor, counselor, uh, Matthew Mitchell, he describes five different kinds of whisperers uh, described in the Word of God. Five different kinds of whispers just described for us in the Bible. So let's have a look at the first kind. Here's the first kind up on the screen. Uh, first, it's the spy. The spy. Proverbs 11:13 says, "Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered." This is the spy. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. The spy is the whisperer who is all about discovering secrets and then sharing and telling secrets. The spy is the person who's all about getting the latest information and getting the latest story and getting the latest dirt on other people so they can possess secrets and then, and then share those secrets. And why does the spy love secrets? Here's why. Because the spy wants power. 
power. The spies looking for power, the power that comes from knowing secrets and then being able to include others in knowing those secrets or not. This is the first of our five whispers. It's the, the spy. Now, here's the second one, the grumbler. The grumbler. Proverbs 16.28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. And this is what the grumbler is all about. The grumbler is all about creating division. The grumbler is the person who's filled with criticism about other people and then wants you to join in in being critical as well. It's the person who says they need to vent, but they use that really as an excuse to tell you all about the faults and the failures and the shortcomings of this other person. It's the person who especially loves to complain about the people who God has placed over them. Bosses, parents, teachers. Why does the grumbler do this? Here's why. Because they are jealous and envious of what others have. And because they don't have it, they jealously criticize. It's our first two whispers. The spy, the grumbler, now this. Our third whisperer is the backstabber. The backstabber. Psalm 41 verse 9 it says, even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. The backstabber is the whisperer who believes that there's been some kind of injustice, that something has been done against them, and that might be true, but it might not. Uh, the, the backstabber is the person who is, who is so angry, their thoughts are consumed with, I just got to make that person pay. They want to inflict suffering, and so they use gossip as a means of getting revenge, inflicting pain upon others. The spy, the grumbler, the backstabber, and now this, whisper number four, the chameleon. The chameleon. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. The fear of man lays a snare. And the chameleon is the whisperer who's so desperate to be accepted by other people that, that they'll gladly join in some gossip if it means they get to be part of the crowd. More than happy to gossip about other people just as long as I can be accepted. This is the chameleon. And then our final whisper, and for sure the most common, is this. It's the busybody. The busybody. First Timothy 5.13 says, besides that they learn to be idlers going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies. Notice this, saying what they should not. The busybody is the most common whisperer in the church and outside of the church. This is the whisperer who just simply takes pleasure in gossip. They love the thrill of hearing the news the thrill of, of, of hearing the gossip, and then especially the thrill of sharing the gossip. For them, gossip is exciting. It's fun. It's entertainment. So there you go. Five whispers from the Word of God, the spy, the grumbler, the backstabber, the chameleon, and the busybody. Now, when you are walking through a mall... And uh, you come across a mirror because there's like a thousand mirrors in every mall, right? 
As you're walking down the main sort of strip of the mall, you see a mirror there. Tell me what you do. Do you kind of do this? You see the mirror coming up, and as the mirror's coming around, you're like, anyone looking? Anyone looking? And you kind of check yourself out. Am I good? Am I good? Am I good? Right? Who does that? Who does that? Come on. Anyone struggle with lying here? Okay. So, so imagine you're walking down the mall, and, and there's the mirror, and you're like uh, kind of checking yourself in the mirror. Am I okay? And then you look in the mirror, and there's a big piece of lunch stuck to your face. It's right here. A big piece of lunch stuck to your face. What do you do? Do you just keep walking? Be like, oh, who cares? No one does that. None of us would do that. If you saw a big piece of lunch stuck to your face, what are you going to do? You're going to be horrified. You're going to try to get rid of it. You're going to try to write. Now, praise the Lord we're not in a mall right now. Praise the Lord for that. But we are looking in a mirror because the word of God is a mirror. The word of God shows us what we're really like. And we've just looked into the word of God. We've just looked into the mirror and we've seen five different whispers. Now it's time to ask ourselves honestly, is that me? Is it me? Because here's what's easy. It's easy to look around and point at other people and say, oh, that person's a whisperer, and that person's a whisperer, and that person's a whisperer. It's difficult to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, it's me. That's me. I'm a whisperer. So honestly ask yourself, is that me? Am I a whisperer? Am I the spy from Proverbs eleven thirteen? Do I love the feeling of power that comes from having secrets and then being able to share them? Am I the grumbler from Proverbs sixteen twenty eight? Do I complain about other people and criticize other people and then try to get other people to join in my criticism and really I'm just jealous of what other people have? Am I the backstabber from Psalm 41.9? Are my thoughts even right now consumed with revenge? Maybe even this morning I've gone around and been gossiping about someone to injure them. Am I the chameleon from Proverbs 29.25? Will I do just about anything to be part of the crowd, even gossip? Or am I a busybody from 1 Timothy 5.13? Do I just love the thrill of gossip, having the gossip, speaking the gossip? Do I enjoy the, the, the fun of talking about other people's faults and failures and shortcomings? And do I find it exciting and entertaining? Do you see yourself in the mirror like I do right now? Because I see myself in this. Do you? Are you a whisperer? Because if the answer is yes, yes I am, I see myself, then listen, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Maybe you think, well, how is that encouraging? Well, here's why that's encouraging. Because if, if, if that is you, it's far better to see it than to not see it at all and just kind of walk around in ignorance. It's far better to see the problem because the problem is sin. And if we, if we can't see it, we can't fight it. But if we can see it, then we can go to God and we can ask him for the help that we need in fighting against this problem, confessing this problem, and fighting it uh, with his help. Because if we want to live a gossip-free life, we must do this. We must recognize gossip when we hear it and when we speak it. But not only must we recognize gossip, we must other also do this. This is point number two. If I want to live a gossip-free life, I must resist gossip because it's poison for my heart. I must resist gossip because it's poison for my heart. Proverbs 26, 22. Look back at verse 22 one more time. It says, the words of a whisper, now notice this, are like delicious morsels. 
they go down into the inner parts of the body. The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. Now, isn't that true? Doesn't gossip so often look so delicious? That person comes over to you and they say, hey, 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 have you heard about what happened yesterday to that person and all? Did you, have you heard all about that? Come here. It looks so delicious. It looks like delicious morsels. And that word, that term delicious morsels, it carries with it the idea of gluttonous eating. Gluttonous eating. It's like, it's like you go to the restaurant of the whisperer and you sit down at the table and you can smell the gossip coming from the kitchen. You're like, oh, that smells so good. And your mouth starts to water. And then the, the whisperer waiter comes out and drops the appetizer on your table and says, hey, 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 have you heard about so-and-so and all that's going on over there? And you're like, no, I haven't. They're like, wow, you haven't heard about that? And then you're like, hey, get out of my way. And you run right to the kitchen and right to the stove and you just start eating right out of the, the pot with the serving spoon because that's what sin in us does. It wants to gluttonously eat up gossip. Or maybe you've been in that situation where you're just really focused on working on something and you're working and it's the morning and, and, and then you, you just kind of lose track of time and you, you kind of forget about lunch and next thing you know it's sort of mid-afternoon and you've, you've forgotten to eat but then someone comes up behind you with uh, f- your favorite bag of potato chips and, 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 and they're eating potato chips behind you and the, the cloud of salt and vinegar glory it kind of wafts over or the, the all-dressed glory and, it kinda, and you're like, what is that? And you're looking around and you're like, oh, can I have one? They're like, sure. And you have one. And what happens when you have one? Oh, the appetite. You're just like, oh, I need to, can I have them all? They're like, sure. And then you get the bag and you're just like, ah, next thing you know, you've eaten a whole party bag of chips. And you're like, oh, what have I done? I feel so sick. Beware, beware, beware. The whisperer who shows up at your door with the Miss Vickies or the Ruffles or the Doritos of gossip. Beware, beware. Because that gossip isn't just going to stay in your ears. That gossip is going to end up somewhere. Have a look at verse 22. The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. And that phrase there, the inner parts of the body, it's referring to the innermost chambers of a building. It's the innermost, deepest chambers of a house. And that's where the words of a whisperer go when they enter into our ears. They go into the deepest, most private, innermost chambers of who we are. And what's that place called? It's called the heart. The heart. That's where gossip goes. When it enters the ears, it goes down into the heart. Now, should that concern us? Does that matter? Well, Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Or the NIV translates it this way. I like this very much. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So if everything we do flows from our hearts, if we live out of our hearts, then here's the question. What sort of impact does it have when those delicious uh, morsels of the whisperer 
go down into our hearts? What sort of impact does that have upon us? Here's the impact. It poisons us. It poisons our hearts. And maybe you're thinking, well, how exactly does gossip poison my heart? Well, here are three ways that gossip poisons the heart. Three ways. Here's the first way. Uh, Gossip poisons my heart by drawing my heart away from loving Jesus Christ. That's what gossip does. It draws my heart away from loving Jesus Christ. How does it do that? Well, here's how. First of all, gossip changes my focus. It changes my focus. I cannot uh, focus on gossip and be focused on Christ at the same time. If I'm focused on gossip, then I cannot and I will not be focused on Jesus Christ. But gossip also does this. It changes what I treasure. I cannot treasure gossip and treasure Christ at the same time. If I'm treasuring gossip, then I will not be treasuring Christ. And gossip also does this. It changes what I love. I cannot love gossip and love Christ at the same time. If I'm loving gossip, if my heart is loving gossip, then my heart will not be loving Jesus Christ. This is the poison of gossip. It draws our hearts away from loving Christ. But then secondly, gossip also poisons our hearts by doing this, by drawing our hearts away from loving people. Gossip does this. It draws our hearts away from loving people because gossip changes the way that we see people. We begin to see people sort of like forms of entertainment for us. Gossip changes the way we see people, especially the people we gossip about. Because we start to see people through the lens of gossip. And we see people, we're like, oh, there's that person over there who had all the marriage problems. Remember we talked about that? And, and there's that person over there who had the addiction stuff going on. And there's the person over there who had all that employment, financial stuff. And there's that person over there who's just weird. Remember all the stuff they did? And draws our heart away from loving people. This is the poison of gossip upon our hearts. But then thirdly, gossip does this. Gossip robs us of our intimacy with Christ. Gossip robs us of our intimacy with Christ because when gossip is loved in the heart, then gossip will come out of the mouth. Because uh, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If gossip is loved in the heart, it's going to come out of the mouth. And what happens when gossip comes out of the mouth? Here's what happens. The Holy Spirit is grieved. And when we grieve the Holy Spirit with our gossip, it robs us of our intimacy with Christ. This is what the Apostle Paul said up on the screen. He said this. He said, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so I wonder, how much have we myself included. How much have we been grieving the Holy Spirit because of the sin of gossip? How much have we, myself included, how much have we been forfeiting spiritual power in our lives because of the sin of gossip? How much have we 
been forfeiting intimacy with Jesus Christ in our lives because of the sin of gossip. And this is why we must resist sin. It's poison for our hearts. It draws our hearts away from loving Christ. It draws our hearts away from loving others. It grieves the Holy Spirit. It robs us of intimacy with Christ. This is the poison of gossip. The words of a whisperer like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Now, people do a lot of very dangerous things, don't they? People do a lot of very dangerous things, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, this would be one of the most dangerous things, okay? It's called sword swallowing. Uh, and now to do this uh, properly, you've got to be able to open up your mouth and then open up your esophagus and get a sword in, through down in your esophagus into your stomach, and look at this, it's like so dangerous. I mean, people get really injured doing this. They injure their esophagus, they injure their stomach, they can injure internal organs. And you look at this and you say, why would anyone do this? It's so dangerous. Why would anyone swallow a sword? And yet, so often, we are so willing to swallow something that's even more dangerous and swallow the words of a whisperer and take them down into our hearts where they poison us. These delicious morsels. And so how do, we, how do we not do that anymore? How do we guard our hearts from these delicious morsels of a whisper that, that just looks so good? Do we just try really hard to resist? Is that our answer? We just kind of walk around with our hands over our ears and say, I'm not going to listen to anyone anymore because they might gossip. Well, that's not going to work, is it? Especially over the long term. It might work for a little while. It's not going to work over the long term. Because any real and lasting change in our actions will only come from a real and lasting change in our, say it, our hearts. Our hearts. So how is it that our hearts can truly be changed so that we resist gossip over the long term? Well, here's how. Three things need to take place. Here's the first thing. True conviction. True conviction, true Holy Spirit conviction concerning gossip. Even now, even now, the Spirit of God convicting our hearts. I'm a gossiper. I'm a whisperer. I, I have been gossiping in my life. The Spirit of God bringing conviction upon my soul. I'm grieving the Spirit of God with my gossip. Leading to this, true repentance. Now I'm choosing to turn away from that. I'm choosing to turn away from gossip. I'm going to turn to God and receive instruction from Him leading to this third thing, a true pursuit of God. What does that look like? A true pursuit of God. It looks like I'm growing in seeking him. And because I'm growing in seeking him, I'm now growing in knowing him. And because I'm growing in knowing him, I'm now growing in loving him. This is the path of heart change. I'm growing in seeking him, therefore I'm growing in knowing him, therefore I'm growing in loving him. This is the path of resisting gossip. I'm growing in seeking the Lord, which leads to growing in knowing the Lord, which leads to growing in loving the Lord, listen, more than gossip. This is how we resist gossip over the long term. We must love God more than gossip. So let me ask you, are you on the path of resisting gossip in your life? Are you on the path of growing and seeking God and then growing and knowing God and then growing and loving God more than gossip? 
Well, how do I know? How do I know if I'm on that path? Well, firstly, ask yourself this. Am I on the path of seeking God? Am I truly on the path of seeking God? What does, what does my God time look like in my life? Ask yourself this. What did, what did my God time look like this week? Am I, am I truly seeking the Lord? Secondly, secondly, am I growing in knowing God? Am I, am I on the path of knowing him? Do I have intimate fellowship with him? Do I really? Do I know what he's like? Do I, do I know his character? Am I growing in my awe of him? Do I truly know him? Leading to this, thirdly, am I on the path of growing in my love for God? Is my heart becoming increasingly filled with affection for God? Is he more and more my treasure? Do I really want to do his will because I love him? Because the person who is truly seeking the Lord will be the person who is truly knowing the Lord. And the person who is truly knowing the Lord will be the person who is truly loving the Lord more and more and more. And that will be the person who resists gossip. That will be the person who loves God more than gossip. That will be the person who is not willing to exchange intimacy with Christ for little morsels of heart poison, no matter how delicious they may look. But again, it begins with this. Truly seeking the Lord. A true pursuit of God. Am I doing that? Because it's out of our pursuit of God will we'll flow all the power we need to resist gossip in our lives. If I want to live a gossip-free life, I must recognize gossip when I hear it and when I speak it, and I must resist gossip because it's poison for my heart. But thirdly, thirdly, I must do this. Here's our third point. If I want to live a gossip-free life, I must replace gossip with words of grace. I must replace gossip with words of grace. Uh, please turn with me over to uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. So just turn left a few pages. Proverbs chapter 16, uh, verse 24. Here we go. Pages are turning. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Notice what it says. Verse 24 says this. Gracious words, oh, gracious words. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Notice first that term, gracious words. Now, what are gracious words? Well, gracious words are, are kind words, encouraging words, loving words, words that build up. Words that affirm, words that give life. And notice this, gracious words are the complete opposite of gossip. Gossip, it tears people down. It poisons hearts. It wrecks lives. And it does this, it rips churches apart. But gracious words, they're sweet to the soul. And they give health to the body. Gracious words give life. So yes, we must resist gossip. Yes, we must turn away from gossip. And then we just don't stand there not saying anything ever. We need to replace words of gossip with words of grace, with gracious words, which again is exactly what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to it again. He said, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths 
but only as such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So what if instead of grieving the Spirit of God with words of gossip, instead we pleased God and we gave him pleasure with words of grace by speaking gracious words to one another. And by gracious words, I don't mean this. I don't mean flattery. Okay? It's not flattery. It's not walking up to people and saying, hey, 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 personal affirmation time. You are the best. You are awesome. You, my friend, are the champion of all things. It's not that. Please say it's not that. It's not that, okay? It's not that. Gracious words are not flattery. Gracious words are, are pointing people to God. Gracious words are pointing people to who God is and what God has done and, and what you see God doing in that person's life. Gracious words are all about God. And so how do we become people who talk like that? How do we become people who speak gracious words? Again, is it, is it just a matter of trying really hard? Just kind of going through our lives and I'm going to say nice things, say nice things, say nice things. Oh, hey, nice shirt, nice things, nice things. I like your hair. That's not going to last, right? That's not going to last. Because any lasting change in our speech can only happen from lasting change in our hearts. Amen. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what is the path of heart change that leads to speaking gracious words? It's no different. It's no different. First, it's true conviction. True conviction by the Spirit of God. I have not been a person who has been uh, someone who speaks gracious words. Spirit of God convicting my heart even right now. I have not been someone known for speaking gracious words. Leading to this, true repentance. I'm now now choosing, I'm going to turn away from that. I'm turning away from my deafening silence. And I'm turning to God for instruction and leading to this, a true pursuit of God where I'm I'm seeking him and I'm growing and seeking him and then growing and knowing him and because of that, growing in loving him. This is the path of heart change. This is the path of becoming someone who speaks gracious words because gracious words flow out of a heart that loves God. Think about it, think about it. You see a good marriage and what do you see? You see two people who are loving each other. What do you see? You see two people serving each other, right? They're serving one another. And why? Why? Because they have to? Because someone has a gun to their head? No. Because they want to. Because they love each other. Likewise. Likewise. When we love Jesus Christ and we have intimacy with him, then we want to speak gracious words. Because we want him to get glory. Because we love him. Because we want to honor him. And so here's the truth. If there is little love for Christ, if there is little intimacy with Christ, then there will be much gossip and very few gracious words. Little love for Christ, little intimacy with Christ, lots of gossip, few gracious words. But over here, over here, where there is much love for Christ and much intimacy with him, there will be hardly any gossip at all, and there will be lots of gracious words because we love him and we want to honor him because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So question, 
Why is it so important to God that we do this? Why is it so important to God that we speak gracious words to one another? Well, here's why. Because he wants to use us to be a blessing. He wants to use you to be a blessing. He wants to use me to be a blessing. He wants to use us to be a blessing. So consider it. When we become people who speak gracious words, kind words, encouraging words, loving words, words that build up, here's what happens. You literally become an instrument of blessing in the hand of the Lord. You literally become an instrument of blessing in the hand of God because as you speak gracious words to someone, you are ministering to their soul. Look again at verse 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Notice sweetness to the, what does it say? Soul. Sweetness to the soul. When you speak kind, encouraging, loving words that build up and affirm, here's what you are doing. You are caring for that person at the level of their soul. I think it's very easy for us to get discouraged. To look around at the chaos that we see in the world, the suffering, the horror that is everywhere, and to just start thinking, how can, how can I make any difference at all? Like, what's the point? What's the point? There's just so much suffering everywhere. Can one person really make any difference? And listen, here's what we need to get our thinking straight because your gracious words carry far more weight and far more power than you know because they can bless someone's soul. That is an awesome truth for our lives. And maybe you're thinking, I want that. You know what? I want that. I'm so done with gossip. I'm so done with whispering. I don't want that in my life. I want to be an instrument of grace. I want to be an instrument of blessing in the hand of the Lord. I want to speak gracious words that minister to souls. Where do I start? Here's where. We speak the word of God. We speak the word of God. We look for opportunities to point people to who God is. And, and what God has done and what God has promised because this is what we need to hear more than anything else. We need to hear the word of God. So we need to look for opportunities to speak firstly about who God is, to come alongside someone and say, brother, sister, God is all powerful, don't you know? And he's, he's all knowing, he knows everything and he's present with us right now and he's in control of our circumstances and he's the only one who can truly satisfy our hearts. We need to look for opportunities to point to who God is, but we also need to do this. We need to look for opportunities to point to the gospel. We need to look for opportunities to point to what God has done, both in the lives of unbelievers and believers, to, to say, hey, 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 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, don't you know? That Jesus Christ came into the world and he willingly took upon himself the punishment we deserve. He gave himself over to be brutalized and crucified as he hung on that cross. He took upon himself the sins of all those who have placed their faith in him. And he took upon himself the wrath that you and I deserve. And he paid for our sins in full. And he died. And he rose three days later proving that God the Father had accepted that sacrifice, rescuing us from death and sin and hell so we could be with the Lord, satisfied in him forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. We need to hear this. We need to look for opportunities to speak the words of the gospel. But we also need to do this. Thirdly, we need to look for opportunities to speak about how you see God moving in people's lives. You need to, I need to, make a practice of looking for opportunities to speak directly about how you see God working in the life of the person standing in front of you. 
It may be thinking, well, what does that look like? Well, here's what it looks like. When you see love for Jesus Christ, point to it. Just say, hey, I see your love for Christ. I see how it just, it radiates from you. That's just so awesome to see. When you see the fear of the Lord, point to it. It's like, I just see you have, to, you have this reverential awe of God that just encourages my heart. When you see someone walking by faith, point to it. You say, I see how you have grabbed hold of that promise and you're putting all your weight down on it. You're standing on that promise. That is awesome that God is doing that in you. When you see spiritual growth, point to it. It's like, man, I, just, I see what God is doing in your life. How he's just growing you and maturing you. That is incredible. When you see perseverance, point to it. Just like I see how, how you are bearing up under the weight of that trial. And I look out here, I see so many of you that are doing that right now. You're bearing up under the weight of that trial. God is doing that in you. He is carrying you along. That is awesome. When you see spiritual fruit, point to it. When you see love and joy and peace, it just point to that. Just say, look what God is doing in you. You are like a, a fruitful tree. He's, he's, he's doing some incredible things. Praise the Lord. And when you see a godly example... Point to it. Say, man, I see your integrity. I see your wisdom. I see the way you are walking with Christ in your life. You give me an example. And why should we do this? Because we love the Lord. Because we want to honor him and we want to be a blessing to his church. Amen? So consider it. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body and poison. But gracious words, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, health to the body, and health to the body. Amen? Amen. If I want to live a gossip-free life, I must recognize gossip when I hear it and when I speak it. I must resist gossip because it's poison for my heart, and I must replace gossip with words of grace. Let's pray. Let's pray. And so, Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you so much that we can look into the mirror of the word of God this morning and see ourselves. I thank you, God, that you love us more than we could ever possibly imagine. And you don't show us ourselves in the mirror because you despise us. You show ourselves, uh, you show ourselves in the mirror because you love us and, and you love us too much to leave us where we're at and you want to bless us and you want to use us. And so that is so encouraging this morning. And so God, would you please bring about the conviction that we need? Would you please bring about the repentance that we need? Would you please bring about the changed life that only you can bring about? God, would you make us into a people who resist gossip? who despise gossip, who see gossip for what it is, the heart poison that draws our hearts away from you. And God, would you make us into people who speak gracious words that flow from a worshiping heart. In Jesus' name, amen.